walked into the room. I set my music down on the piano. Um, and I, the very first thing I said was something about how many people were in the room. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. That's weird. <laughs> don't say that. I was like, wow, there's so many of you. <laughs> it's funny then, how when, when we're nervous, like, we just yeah. make the worst comments. I totally get worst. it. I was like, just go in and sing. And then it was one of those things where I like, they kind of made a nice comment back and I just kept talking. Like, I have no idea what I said, but I was like, yeah. <laughs> and my brain was like, Carmen, shut up. Welcome back to Basic Brain Heart, the show where we celebrate and interrogate creatives of all stripes. I'm Hannah Camacho. What is it like to pursue your dream and really try to make it work? Well, usually we interview folks who've already been there and done that, and they've already experienced some moderate success, if not really extreme success. Uh, but today I wanted to dive into what it's really like to be in the thick of it, trying to make it. So I figured the perfect guest for this um, is my good friend, actually childhood friend, Carmen Nikkei. She's currently living in New York City, working to make it as an actor. And um, in our childhood, I unfortunately uh, tortured her with many rounds of the theme song for Carmen San Diego, And I certainly am so, so sorry for that now. <laughs> Kids always find some way to pick on each other, right? Um, but we uh, did some small plays together in college, and I remember thinking, she's just too good for this. She's got a gift. She needs to pursue this full time, and I'm so happy to see that she is. And um, I'm thankful that she took some time to share from her heart what the journey so far has been like. Um, she's celebrating five years in New York City and is making progress slowly but surely, which is often the path most people have to work through and um, so I hope you enjoy what she has to say and if you're thinking of pursuing your dream full-time following your bliss full-time hopefully uh, what she has to say will resonate with you and help you know you're not alone and um, realize maybe some actionable uh, things you can put into place in your life to make that dream come true so without further ado I hope you enjoy today's conversation with my childhood friend Carmen McKay. As a kid, um, I mean, I know I always got asked, what are you going to be when you grow up? And mm -hmm. I I actually thought I knew for years. I thought I knew what I wanted to be. I <laughs> wanted to be doing humanitarian work overseas and starting orphanages. And I was dead set on that for years, <laughs> um, which is, you know, all well and good. Um, but I've ended up doing very different work. Did you yeah. did you have kind of an idea of the direction you were heading or was it? I, know, I remember you studied math in college, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I like my earliest memory as a child is that I wanted to be an actor. Um, really? And like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have always since the earliest memory of like knowing that growing up to be something was a thing, um, have wanted to be an actor. And like, um, uh, I, <laughs> I would, yeah. I would, I would write plays and, and force my friends to do them. And that is hilarious. <laughs> I did not realize that about you, that you kind of at yeah. least knew what made you happy from a young age mm -hmm. and what you wanted to mm -hmm. do. That's really interesting. Yeah. Now let's jump into, um, college because we both went to the same school. I, I, so you decided to study secondary education math. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was a secondary education math degree. And then I had like a speech minor because that was the only thing since our oh. school didn't have like a theater program. That was the closest thing I could get, get to like doing drama slash theater. Yes. True. No, that's interesting. <laughs> so why, why not the other way around? 
Why not speech um, okay. as your so, major? <laughs> so here's the thing about me. Um, like <laughs> here's, I, the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. I have always wanted to be an actor, but my whole life, um, I never, never admitted it like out loud to anybody until I was in ninth grade and I wanted to be in like a speech competition. I just wanted to try it. And I, I remember Nikki Cushman, like she was a couple years ahead of me and she was really good and like had won a ton of awards for drama and all this. And so I was scared that if I did this, I would be competing against her and it would be this whole thing and whatever. And I don't even know how, but I ended up saying to my mom that I wanted to do it. And she's like, you should do it. I think that'd be great. And it's not a problem that Nikki does it too. Like you should do it. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, so I did and I loved it. But so like, that was like the first time I ever was like, oh, okay, this is something I could do for fun. Cause did I did you place. <clears throat> uh, I did. <laughs> I won a couple of awards through <laughs> no school, big like, deal. Not like it's in such a small, like school, <laughs> what, it but doesn't it still matter. Something. <laughs> So you're like, hey, maybe maybe I can do this. I kind of gave you a boost of confidence. Right. I mean, what grade were you in? Do you remember? Uh, I did. I when I was in ninth grade, it was still sort of the like the junior high competition. Okay, cool. So I won that, and then either my soft, I think my junior year, I won state, and I went to nationals, and I think I won third place at nationals. Mm. Um, well, so, no big deal, you know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so you realized so, you, you might be onto something and you probably were really yeah. enjoying it. And the other thing that I enjoyed a lot was sort of teaching and helping other people learn. And so with what I kind of the limited sort of perspective on the world that I had, I was like, well, then I should be a teacher. So I have like this whole creative artistic side to me, but I'm also incredibly practical. And I knew like going to college, I knew that I couldn't major in theater or speech or drama or anything like that because I could I wouldn't be able to get a job like that's just it was like hmm. it doesn't does yeah. not equal smart and yeah. I really enjoyed math and I loved like helping people learn math and so I was like if I get a degree in math I can always get a job with that so my practical side kicked in and I was like I will always take care of myself and be able to provide for myself so I'm going to get a degree in math and be a math teacher Interesting. Uh, that yeah. that whole like dynamic between the brain and the heart, like in all honesty, mm -hmm. I, I, I named the podcast in a, in haste and it could probably be a lot cooler, but that tension and dynamic between the brain and the heart and how it really does take a combination of both in order to make it creatively. I, in my opinion, I think if you're all heart, mm -hmm. you, you're not going to be able to do anything for anyone else or collaborate mm -hmm. because it's just going to be all about you and it's going to be mm -hmm. messy and sporadic and you won't have a process. But then mm -hmm. if it's all about the brain, you hold yourself back and you don't let that other side out. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's a combination of both. So it sounds like that's been something you're really aware of that you are uh, working through. And so once you were done, I remember... Did you take a couple years break before you decided to do uh, po or uh, graduate stuff? I can't think of words. Uh, this Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> um, graduate stuff. Graduate stuff. Came a year later. <laughs> okay. And what, um, I, talk about that year. Because I remember the final year yeah. of college. I mean, I was married by that time. But still, we were like, what do we do yeah. now? <laughs> what, yeah. what did you feel like in that year? And I think we even, was that right before? Or... That was when we worked at Lily's. Oh, yes. We worked at an ice cream Lily. parlor together. Slinging the ice cream. And that was horrible because, <laughs> man, I was some days I would forget to eat um, the meal that I was supposed to eat. And then I would just be like, there's <laughs> ice cream here. So much and ice cream. we were cream. allowed like one scoop a day or whatever. Yep. Yep. <laughs> totally. It's just terrible. 
was good ice cream. Too. It was good ice cream. It was just horrible to be sitting there with it all day long and no yeah. customers. <laughs> no customers. We wouldn't have customers for hours and we would just stand around talking. And why I think we had like different, per- yeah, I know, right? And why, I'm like, yeah. And at that time we had some pretty, I think, different perspectives on life. Um, yeah, I, I remember so like different things came up and, and like, but I felt like it was always civil and then we would yeah. talk through and you would explain your perspective and then I'd, yeah. I'd explain my perspective. So it was really interesting. I, I always found it yeah. fun. It felt like a safe, like a safe place to be different from each other and like yeah. that there was no judgment, judgment on either side and we were able to be friends and do the things and believe the things and it didn't matter. Totally. No, that's right, girl. So what was that year (laughs) after college? Like, did you stick around in the Wisconsin area at that time? Yeah, I stayed home and I worked. um, And then I uh, applied for grad school. And I also went, I went to this, there's like this pretty big theater company in Pennsylvania. And they do like uh, open calls, I think twice a year for their What is the company? It's called Sight and Sound. Sight and Sound, I thought so. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. Um, so I, for some reason, like somehow, uh, anyway, I just, I applied to, I don't know if I had to apply. Anyway, I decided to go and like go to the open call and just see what happened. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, cause I, I came back, like I graduated from school and I, I had gone out to student teach and I hated teaching. I hated it. Like really, what was it about than I even that you thought. really didn't like? What really got you? Um, I it felt very suffocating. Um, it felt like every moment of my day was um, consumed with with school. Um, you know, you get up in the morning, you go to school, and then you're at school all day, and then you stay late to grade mm-hmm. papers, and da 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 da, and then you go home and you lesson plan for the next day, and you get up and you go to school the next day, and it's just like this never ending like cycle yeah. of school. Yeah. And, um, I just didn't, I like, I just didn't want to wake up in 40 years and be like, I'm the 70 year old single math teacher weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) But you would have been awesome. I would have been awesome. The math teacher Uh, who incorporates Broadway into (laughs) algebra lessons. Uh, so I, at that, like, I kind of had a conversation with my mom where I was like, I don't want to get a teaching job. And, um, I was like, I really would love to try to pursue acting. And I remember her saying to me again, like, you should do it. And that just, hmm. it kind of rocked my world to have someone who was like, yeah, you are. Just go for it. This is what she said. She said to me, do you think that, how did she say it? She's like, clearly you have talents and gifts and you were given those talents for a reason. Hmm. And I never had thought of it that way. And, um, so I was like, oh, okay, so maybe it's something so I, I can could do pursue. This. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I had applied to grad school, and then I had gone on this audition to this company in Pennsylvania. And it was kind of, it was kind of just like I put those things out there, and whichever one came through, I was going to just kind of go with it. And I got a no from the theater company, but a yes from the grad school. So I was home for nine months after graduating, and then I moved hmm. uh, to the city where my grad um, – program was at several months early so that I could find a place to live and a job and all of that. Um, and then went to grad school for two years for theater and yeah. The rest is well, still developing. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yes. No. How, what, so do you feel like 
pursuing theater in grad school was worthwhile. Do you feel like in hindsight you should have just gone straight to New York City or no. are you glad that you did that? No, I'm really glad I did it. Um, I it was the it was the right next step for me um, because I didn't have a degree in theater at all. Like and and I needed more training specific to mm. acting. Um, I also, because of the sort of more conservative traditional background I came from, I couldn't have gone straight from like a conservative world to like a, a secular university. I couldn't have done it. I think I, that would have been, I don't know what would have happened to me. (laughs) Yeah. No, I hear you. That would have been Um, shocking. Yeah. So it was a good transition. Like I, I lived off campus and I, I didn't really get super immersed in the culture of the university, which was really great. I was able to kind of be my own person and become like grow into sort of adulthood and grow into like my own um, while still getting an education that was a good education. And I literally I I knew I wasn't going to stay in that in Greenville for very long, um, but I didn't know where I was going to go afterwards. Um, and the thought really of moving to New York never occurred to me until a good friend of mine who was also, um, in the theater program was like, Hey, after I graduate, why don't we move to New York? And I was like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> oh I guess yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. let's take a step back for a second. Kay. So I, well, I studied theater course well if you could call it studying theater more like speech and drama <laughs> education at the university that we both attended yep and i think my favorite classes were taught by the um fabulous dr priest yep and um i just remember learning a lot of um things about the mechanics of acting that i mm-hmm. never would have otherwise even thought of so you know there are a lot of schools of thought out there when it comes to just acting itself a lot of folks mm-hmm. um like method acting, you know, there are different, mm-hmm. different ways to go about it. But I remember that uh, at least the way that Dr. Priest um, spun it was, it was about doing something to the other person and getting what you want. And that really sort of um, restructured the way that I thought about acting, not to say I'm not some great actor, but I thought it was, mm-hmm. I found it very interesting and it certainly helped when we did our little exercises. Do you remember? Did we do any together? I feel like we did like, I don't know if you remember that acting class where we did a bunch of these little um, sketches like he would assign them to us. And there was like this one from like Steel Magnolias. Yeah. Um, And then there was I I can't remember. I I thought we I thought you and I did one, but it was like memory of that time was super vague. It's so vague. (laughs) I do remember Steel Magnolias. I do remember doing I remember his classes. Yeah. but I don't remember what you're talking about, like doing sketches and stuff. No. Yeah. It was, I don't know why I remember that time. It was probably cause I was so nervous and like we would have us, <laughs> you know, try to break out of our shell and like get in a circle yeah. and crawl around and <laughs> all the fun <laughs> yeah. acty things to do. Um, but as you have studied acting and you definitely have a knack for it. I mean, you, th- you were in my <laughs> senior <laughs> recital, which I look back and cringe now because I can't even believe that you agreed to it because uh, I wrote it myself oh, and so it was fun. definitely very melancholy. Very, it was very melancholy. melancholy. Very, very <laughs> melancholy. And, uh, but I just remember watching you and, and of course we were in a couple of small plays together and just thinking, mm-hmm. wow, she's, she's got something going on. Oh, what along as far as education is concerned, um, just talk to me about how you approach acting and maybe some breakthroughs you've had as far mm-hmm. as uh, character development, et cetera. 
Sure. Um, I mean, I remember having a breakthrough um, in one of Dr. Priest's classes in college. Um, and we, you know, we had done this exercise of coming up with, uh, uh, what were they called? Objectives, I think, or maybe, oh, or yeah, in, yeah. In, intentions or something. I can't remember what he called them. Yes. Um, and they we had, had those to, words like a, in there. <laughs> yeah. You had to like, it was what you were saying. It was like, do something to the other person. And I just remember having sort of like a really, uh, we, I had to do a monologue and I had, I, I don't remember exactly what happened, but for me, it was like so powerful to feel like I was doing something and like, mm-hmm. uh, so I, like I remember that and that sort of laid the foundation sort of of um, the mechanics and the technical aspect of acting. Um, and, uh, you know, in grad school, I feel like I um, it was sort of uh, it was more foundation stuff, you know, because I hadn't gotten I hadn't done a lot of theater stuff. So it was all of the basics, like hmm. um, just even just something as simple as script analysis and what is story and how do you build character and how do you. Um, just like, how do you behave on stage? Cause I just had never had any of that. Yeah. Um, uh, but really one of the things that really was a breakthrough thing for me in grad school actually had nothing to do with the university. Um, a couple of my friends knew this like professional actor who lived in town and he was teaching this Meisner class. Um, and my friends were like, you really should sign up for this class and take it. Cause it's really great. And this guy is, he's a really good teacher. And I was like, all right. I have no idea why okay. I decided to do it, but yeah. I did. And there were three of us in the class and we literally like met. Um, we met in like this, it wasn't his living room, but it was like, they had this weird like bookstore that had like this back room that had, had like a couch in it and like huh. a desk. And it was totally not like a classroom setting at all. And there were only three students. It was super weird. It was super weird and sketchy. <laughs> Um, but he taught the Meisner technique and it was something like I had never encountered before. And it's definitely something. What is the the Meisner technique? Um, Sanford Meisner is like a great acting teacher. Um, and he's written a couple books and it's a, it's a technique that's well known in the acting world. And, um, a lot, like one of the things he says is acting is, um, behaving truthfully or living truthfully under imaginary circumstances. Hmm. Um, and he's this, the technique is super famous for the repetition exercise, um, sure. where literally you just sit across from your partner and repeat the same things over and over and over again. Um, and it's all sort of based on listening and how, when you're in a scene and when you're doing work that you should be listening and responding truthfully. And so that whenever, you're on stage performing. It's not this rote sort of, uh, you know, spitting back the words, but it's actually that you're living in that moment, responding to the information that is coming into you, all your five senses. Um, so that for me was totally different than anything else I had learned and was really, uh, kind of revolutionized the way I approached acting. Um, um, yeah, I mean, and that was like a huge, and that's like my friend who recommended that we go to New York was in the class with me, and we became really, really good friends. And um, again, it was just sort of like the the right next step for me. Hmm. And then just like, moving to New York was just kind of like, oh yeah, right, it's the right next thing. So let's let's do that. Let's see if we can make that happen. And we did a lot of like groundwork and did a lot of research. And then I I ended up moving here, and she didn't, which was a whole other thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, and then I got connected with the Barrow Group in New York, and um, yeah, like the technique there has totally, totally changed the way I act and the way I am as a performer and the way I am on stage, and it's 
it's kind of magical actually interesting so can yeah. you talk to me a little bit about the barrow group i've heard their mm-hmm. name come up in various conversations and articles and, and whatnot um can you talk to me about what the group is does in case anyone listening doesn't know what that group is yeah sure so the barrow group theater company um was started 30 years ago by Seth Barish and Lee Brock, uh, who they still here and they still teach. It's a school as well. So they still teach uh, the technique at the school. Um, and they started like 30 years ago, they came to the city and were actors themselves. And like, hmm. they just got a group of friends together and they were like, Hey, we want to meet every week and just do acting stuff together. And, uh, let's do it for a month and see if it works. It works. And if it doesn't, then hmm. there's like no harm, no foul. Um, met, met for a month, just kind of played and acted and did, stuff and then it just kind of kept going and they kept meeting and kept meeting and kept learning and growing and trying Mm. new things and then eventually um Seth started teaching acting um and it just sort of grew out of that like he just sort of was teaching acting at this like random small um I don't know if they taught out of I don't know if he taught out of his apartment I can't remember but um yeah, and it just sort of has grown over the past 30 years. And they did, you know, productions, and um, eventually they uh, were big enough that they um, are now renting a space on 36th, uh, West 36th Street. Um, and they have a 99-seat theater, and they have a thriving, like, acting school. That's, um, that's cool. For people, like, beginner actors all the way through professionals who are actual, like, working actors who are on television. And, yeah, so it's kind of awesome. So the life of an actor or someone who's working to make it, because, you know, we we had a conversation the other day about how there are stages to easing mm-hmm. into the industry and how really when mm-hmm. you first start out, you're probably not going to be paid and you have to take what you can get and then you will start easing into paid work, even if it's, you know, not much. Um, yeah. Can we talk about what you've learned about how you have to go about trying to for lack of a better term, make it on a day-to-day basis because you have to work a full-time job. Um, mm-hmm. You're not a trust fund child. <laughs> <laughs> nope. So you have to be able to afford the cost of living in New York, which takes up a massive chunk of your time. It's not like you can pursue uh-huh. this full-time. But on the mm-hmm. side, you are working to follow your bliss however you can. So what are some things you've learned on a day-to-day basis need to be a part of your life to kind of keep that train moving? Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, yeah. I mean, something that sort of struck me while I was thinking about this whole journey is that the dream is not always dreamy. <laughs> like, <Preach girl>. um, <laughs> uh, people romanticize yeah, it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and those are the people who yeah. probably haven't actually taken the plunge. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, no matter, I, I honestly and truly believe this, but like, no matter what you want to do with your life, it takes courage to pursue it. Um, and it's funny because people will look at my life and be like, Oh, you're so courageous. You're so brave. And it doesn't feel like bravery. A lot of times it feels like monotony. Um, you know, I work a job like everybody else. I have to pay my rent like everybody else. <laughs> like, yeah. I, you know, I have all these things that I do that everyone else in the world does. Um, and I just happen to also try I happen to also be trying to pursue this dream Mm. of being an actor. um, In all your spare time. (laughs) In all my spare time. (laughs) What kinds of Uh, projects have you, have you been a part of so far in how long is, have you been in New York? A couple years now? 
Uh, it'll be five years in November. Which wow. Is crazy. Yeah. yeah. That seems like it's going <laughs> by. I mean, even for me, not that I've yeah. been there, but. Um, uh, yeah, I know. It's crazy. Yeah, that is nuts. So what kinds of projects, um, I, yeah. I mean, I kind of know the answer to this, but what kinds of projects have you been a part of so far? Gosh, there's so much that is going on all the time in New York. So, um, you know, I did, I've, I've done a ca- I've done cabarets, you know, <laughs> You like pay to sing and then people come and see you. Um, I've done some short films, uh, like mostly student films because there's a bunch of universities in and around New York where students have to do, you know, like their thesis projects. So they're constantly looking for actors. Um, I've done some sort of like, uh, I've done work for NYU students who are just like in class working. Um, I, I, um, I've, I've done a couple of, like projects on my own, either mm. co-produced with a friend or sure. uh, had a friend produce a show that I wanted to be in. So that's, that's part of like, part of the hustle is just like making it happen. Yeah. Um, like whatever you want to do, if you're passionate about it, you got to make it happen. So, you know, writing your own show, which I have not done, but um, finding pieces or like plays that you want to do um, and making a way to produce it and do it. Sure. Just um, finding a way to kind of, make and create and put it put mm-hmm. yourself out there mm-hmm. that's got to be an yeah. ongoing struggle um yeah okay can you talk to me i see I, i'm not very up uh on actory things yeah so <laughs> what are the steps involved in like getting representation mm-hmm. um like what what all is involved in all that it seems like a kind of a yeah i mean it, this is kind of like a sounds like a cop-out answer but it's it's kind of like everybody has a different journey. Hmm. Um, and a lot of universities, um, a lot of young people get representation fresh out of college because the universities do, um, industry showcases. So at the end of your, exactly, exactly. So the end of your program, you do a showcase and literally casting companies and, uh, management companies, agencies send like their, you know, they have their interns that they send out to go to all of these places and like, Hey, we need these, these, types of people on our roster so keep an eye out or if you just see someone Mm. who's really spectacular who's going to go somewhere keep your eye out so it's like those things are happening all the time um i mean obviously mostly at the end of school years but um so a lot of people get representation that way there are also like uh companies or businesses that are specifically designed that people in the city have built that are like, Hey, you know, pay X number of dollars to be in this program for nine months. And at the end of the nine months, we have all of our industry contacts come and you can do a showcase. So you don't Mm -hmm. have to be in school. Like you can do like programs that have showcases. Um, and honestly it's, it's all in like, it's all who, you know, it's not what you know, it's who, you know, uh, so it's, it's all, it's a huge relationship building industry. Um, because, and that's how a lot of the jobs I've gotten, yeah come my way is because someone I know is like oh you'd be great for this let me connect you with so-and-so um you know it's it's all sort of because you don't know like you don't want to work with people you don't trust or who people who are crazy so it's like you always go back to the people who you have worked with and you're like well this person's not crazy so I'm gonna cast them (laughs) a hundred percent no that's really interesting and uh, one thing I really um appreciated about the interview earlier with Laurie and McKenna is um, that she was talking about how oftentimes, at least on the LA side of things, um, she's learning that it's almost like a first date. Everybody wants to build a relationship <gasps> yeah. with you first and see how they <laughs> like you before they ever mm-hmm. want to think about working with you. 
And I would imagine mm-hmm. it's somewhat similar as far as, you know, approaching things in New York City. What have you learned about, I, I feel like relationships come pretty naturally to you. It's not like you yeah. can't do them. Um, <laughs> what have you learned as far as, I hate the word networking, but learning to build those relationships in New York City, especially professionally. Is there anything in particular that stands out that maybe you've had to, a skill you've had to develop or trying to keep in touch without being pushy, th- those types of things? Yeah, I would say I'm really terrible at networking. Um, but I think that if you asked any actor, they'd be like, yeah, I, I hate that. I don't like that. It's, I don't yeah. like doing it. Um, <clears throat> but um, a, a mentor of mine who uh, kind of puts it in a way that, like, you as an actor are solving the problem for the person in the industry, like, specifically as it relates to casting. Um, but also, I guess, if for, like, a manager or, or an agent – um, you know, they have all of these problems of roles that they have to fill and you're the answer to the problem. So networking so often for me has been sort of this like, oh, I'm being pushy or I'm on oh, I'm like promoting mm. myself and that feels yucky. Um, and it shouldn't because it's, it is a relationship based thing. It's not like you're throwing yourself at people. It's that they need people and you're presenting yourself as a solution to the problem. Mm-hmm. You might not be that solution for the current problem, but maybe in six months you'll be the solution to that problem. So it's always yeah. sort of, it's frame, it's kind of a reframing of that. Um, so you mentioned also, that, you, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, you can finish that thought. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's also, I, like I said early on, it's it, like pursuing your dreams takes courage. And like, for me, it's learning the courage to, uh, to put myself out there and to risk sort of the rejection of like, no, you're not the answer to our solution right now, but like, thanks so much. And just not fearing that they're going to hate me. <laughs> totally. No. Um, you just mentioned that you have a mentor and this is something I've been doing a lot of thinking about lately is approaching mentorship. Cause <clears throat> if you're young or relatively young and you are working to break into a particular industry, it's always a good idea to develop relationships with folks who have some experience. Mm -hmm. Doesn't even mean they have to be much older than you, um, Mm -hmm. but they can share some knowledge and it's amazing how willing people are to to share if you just ask. Um, But I I find it kind of, um, well, personally, and this may not be the way other people feel a little weird to be like, will you please mentor me? But rather, Will you, well, can I spend some time with you? Um, I would love to talk about this, bounce some ideas off of you. How did, how have you approached mentorship? Um, has it been like a formal approach? Has it been more mm-hmm. of an informal, just it's naturally evolved that way? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, mentorship was kind of a new concept <clears throat> and I had never thought about it until maybe like a year or two years ago. Mm. Um, and this, the one particular men- mentor that I mentioned, um, she mentors a lot of people. Um, and so it's sort of more like a business thing for her. Um, sure. but I still consider what she does and the advice and the help that she gives Absolutely. for me as kind a, like a life coach, type. but professionally. Yeah. 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 Um, and I don't have a formal, like someone who I've been like, dear so-and-so, please will you be my mentor? Love yeah. Carmen. You know, <laughs> like, that's weird. Uh, but I do have a lot of friends in the industry who've been at it longer than I have and who um who are genuinely my friends and I have built the friendship with them and who Mm -hmm. I feel like if I ever had a question or needed advice or needed some input they would gladly oh sure give that yeah um so I feel like for me that's what the mentorship is like uh and and it's funny because I thought recently 
uh, about how much I've learned in five years. I still feel like I have so far to go. But like yeah. when I first moved to New York, there was so much I didn't know. And now it's like second nature to me. And it's cool for me to see that like mentors helped me get here and that I yeah. can also turn and give that back to people who are just moving to the city for the first time or just out of school and like, hey, this is what I've learned. And it's just kind of a cool sort of like circle of life. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I love it. My next two questions aren't necessarily super flowy, so they may jump around a little bit. But let's talk about Well, we're the... done here. Okay, we're done. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> That's it. No more chances for me. Only flowy questions, please. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Um, so name change. Let's talk name change. We all are okay. familiar with the process that, you know, like, oh, people, you know, so many of the actors we've come to know and love, you know, oh, that's yeah. not their real name. They had to change their name. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about why that's necessary sure. and what that's been like for you. And actually, is it is it a legal thing or is it just yeah. a registered name somewhere? Yeah, uh, it is not illegal. I did not change it, my name legally. Um, I don't know that I will have to. I don't I don't think I probably will have to. Uh, the reason I changed my name uh, was very simple. Uh, there was already a person with my name uh, in SAG. Um, and I'm not in SAG. I'm not even close to joining SAG. But I What do you have want to do to, to join eventually. SAG? Which is, of course, the Screen Actors Guild. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Um, you have to work on SAG projects and it's, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a union. It's a, it is a union, but, you know, where you do, you like, you have to pay dues and you can, you have to work so many, I don't even know because I'm not SAG, but like you have to work SAG projects and you can only gotcha. work SAG projects. You can't do non-union work. Um, but it's also as a union obviously cares for its members. So you can, if you work enough on union projects, you also get benefits and all that kind of thing. Gotcha. Yeah. How, I mean, has it been, been weird? Have you gotten a lot of work. weird questions about like from maybe from like family or <laughs> friends who are just like, what, what? Or has it yeah. people been pretty cool about it? Yeah. I mean, well, so, so I changed my name because there was already this person in SAG with my name and I didn't want to use like my middle initial or whatever. Um, so, uh, Nikkei, Carmen Nikkei, Nikkei is my middle name with an alternate spelling. <laughs> Um, <laughs> for hopeful clarification um, on pronunciation, um, I got a lot of flack when I first um, first made the change because people hmm. feel like they uh, I don't know people felt like the need to be like oh yeah I think that was a good thing or like oh I don't really like your name or like yeah I think that's really great they like, felt way the to need go. to share their opinion like yeah or like oh you should have done something else or like oh I don't like the way you spelled it or like that's really confusing or and I was like it's not your life. Stop. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, yes. Uh, but for the most part, now I I was able to sort of, I kind of did like a test run for a little bit because it felt very weird and it sort of felt like giving up my identity. Um, initially, I felt really weird. And I felt really kind of like, um, uh, what's the word? I felt really like posh and like, you fancy. You change your name. Yeah, <laughs> like, I hear you. Uh, <laughs> um it took a while, but then like once it kind of settled in and like yeah. now I use that on all my social media. So it's, and now I've also, I'm at the point where there are people in the world who only know me as Carmen Nikkei, mm. which is really useful because that's, Do you actually introduce yourself as such? In the industry I do. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Um, the other, I was actually just chatting with a, an actor friend of mine and he's thinking about changing his name as well. And, um, the thing that I told him is that it, it provides sort of um, 
it gives me some privacy mm. actually. Yeah. Um, because Carmen McKay can then be who I am as an actor and then you can um, still be who you are as exactly. My other yeah. self is sort of this other person <laughs> that only some people know and like it's who I am, but it's, it, it feels less invasive because yeah. Carmen Decay is is my actor. And sure. obviously I'm still the same person. Yeah, <laughs> But you. it does sort of provide a little bit of like, and it helps a lot with marketing too because mm. there's sometimes there's things that you're involved with as an actor that you're like, well, you know, I'm doing this for X, Y, Z reason. And like maybe it's, you know, maybe the organization or the, the people also atti- attached to this project are not necessarily people I would always associate with. So it's nice to be able to kind of Sure. Separate those things. Yeah. Yeah, And it provides some privacy in that way. No, that makes sense. So I have a bunch of other questions along those (laughs) lines. Um, Let's talk about auditioning and uh, that must be terrifying. Um, And I'm sure with time, maybe it gets a little bit easier. Um, But people that tune into the podcast love stories whenever possible. So if you have any interesting (laughs) or horrible (laughs) audition stories, (laughs) this is the time. (laughs) Oh man. Well, actually I really love auditioning. I, it's a, it's a chance for me to play and it's a chance for me to meet new people. So I, I actually really love it there. It is, it can be nerve wracking, but, um, I, I have, I have two kind of really great audition stories. I, um, a couple years ago, I was really trying to break into the musical theater. Both of these stories are musical theater audition stories. Hmm, <laughs> should be tell me should tell me something. Uh, so a couple of years ago I auditioned for the national tour of Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder, which is a really great show. And anyone who's out there, if the tour is coming to your hometown, you should go see it. It's really funny. Um, and so I went to the casting call I got a spot. And so what they do is they take like, it's like a room full of, I don't know, like 60 girls, you know, it's crazy. And um, they take like five or six girls at a time. um, And you like, it's just based on the sign-up sheet. So wherever you are on the sign-up sheet and the uh, monitor will take like the stack of headshots for those five or six girls. And he will take them into the room where the auditioners are. um, And then each girl goes in one at a time. So it's just this whole like, really wow tenuous like waiting game yeah. with this room of all these other gorgeous women who you're like oh my god <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't do so this. I was, <laughs> yeah so I was at the end of the line of this line of six girls so I walked into the room and um Jay Bender who is a very well-known casting director um and who was casting the show uh, was alone in the room with the accompanist. It was just him, which is kind of crazy. Mm. Um, and he looks up from the table and he's like, hi, Sarah. And <laughs> I was like, uh, I just, no, I actually, Carm, it's just, I, the bottom, I think it's flipped and you're, you have the wrong. And I just, I think, and yeah, if you just, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> the accompanist was like, Carmen Scott. Dun, 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 on the piano and I was still stuttering away and Jay Bender like flips over the like and then he finds my my headshot and I was like yep that's yeah Carmen yep that's the one mm-hmm, yep yeah <laughs> and then the accompanist like starts up and I sing the song I sang my face off and I nailed the song like I like gr- great audition it was great yeah. and like Jay was singing along with me and tapping his foot and like had a really great time. I obviously did not book the part. I, there was no way I was going to book the book, the role, but like it ended up being a really great audition, but it was just such a funny story of like, <laughs> I, I couldn't form I can't, a sentence. I can't, I can't do just... this. Understandable. That's a high pressure situation right there. 
Oh man. So did you walk out of that one feeling good or bad or mixed I did. feelings? I walked out feeling really good because I knew I actually had nailed the audition. And as much as this this might sound kind of strange, but like even though I felt really silly about having sort of fumbled over myself, um, I, the joy that came out of sort of like I walked into the room and I was an actual person. I wasn't just a number and I wasn't just a face. That I was actually a person. And you weren't who, perfect. And it seems like that's kind of what exactly. they look for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I felt really good about just like it's okay to kind of be who you are and be kind of weird and silly and like whatever <laughs> cool <laughs> oh man. Uh, my one horror audition story <laughs> was actually the beginning of this year i for some oh, reason boy. i have not been i since for a while i have not been pursuing musical theater but for some reason i got an audition for a musical theater and a piece and i decided to go um and uh, yeah. Um, it was bad. It was really, really bad. It was the first audition of 2017 for me. Um, worst audition I've ever had in my life. I wore something really weird and uncomfortable. Oh, man. Uh, don't ever do that. <clears throat> Walked into the room. I set my music down on the piano. Um, and I, the very first thing I said was something about how many people were in the room. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. That's weird. <laughs> don't say that. I was like, wow, there's so many of you. <laughs> It's funny then, how when when we're nervous, like we just yeah. make the worst comments. I totally get worst. it. I was like, just going and saying. And then it was one of those things where I like they kind of made a nice comment back, and I just kept talking. Like I have no idea what I said, but I was like, yeah, <laughs> and my brain was like, Carmen, shut up. Oh, no. And I just like couldn't stop talking. And then finally, I was like, okay. <clears throat> And it was just like this horrible, like I hadn't been singing, so I didn't sound very good. And like, I couldn't, like, it was so unfocused. Like you're supposed to be focused. And I was not. And I was like looking at the, the table of people the whole time. And you're not supposed to do that really. <laughs> and it just, what are you awful. supposed to look at? I mean, you're, it's kind of like a monologue where you kind of like pick a spot on oh, the okay, wall yeah. or like pretend that you're talking to someone who's not there. And like, yeah. I like halfway through the song, I was like, Oh, I should probably do that. So I started doing that halfway through the song, you know? Oh my gosh. Um, so, so the way the, the audition was supposed to go is like, you bring in a song and then if we want to hear more from you, um, you should have another song prepared. So I sang my song <laughs> as terribly as I, I did. And then it was sort of this moment of like desperate, like, please ask me to sing another song. I promise I can do better. And I gave them like my biggest smile (laughs) of desperation. (laughs) And the girl looked up from the table and she was like, thank you. That's all. And I was like, okay, (laughs) okay, that's great. And it was that moment where like I had done so badly that I was embarrassed for them. (laughs) Like I was beyond embarrassed for myself. I was embarrassed that they had to witness my embarrassment. Like, you know, you're like, oh, I just feel really bad for that person. They just really mess up. Like, I, I felt bad for them. Oh, man. That's when you have to go home and eat a whole pint of ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. I may have done that. <laughs> I wouldn't blame you. <laughs> for me, I can't just shake stuff like that off. I, it takes me, like, at least a full day, if not a few days. Not that not that I'm in that exact situation, but, like, that <laughs> level of embarrassment, you just can't yeah. just shake it off. Yeah. Oh, I mean, man. the wonderful thing is that I like, I literally did. I laughed myself out of the room because I, it was just so bad. Um, and 
it was so clarifying for me because I was like, you know what? Musical theater is not where I'm supposed to be, mm. which was really helpful. And also like, hey, my first audition of 2017 was the worst audition I've ever had, which means it's only going to go up from here. So yay me. <laughs> <laughs> rejection. On to the next rejection. On to the next. I love it. No, that's that's really interesting. Um, and oh. as you continue to um, work towards your goal, Mm -hmm. uh, what kinds of lines are you sort of casting in the water and hoping that one sticks? So I know you're, of course, auditioning and you are in a few shows and you're finally starting to do some paid work. Yeah. Um, what other what other things are you are a little tongue tied? What other things mm -hmm. are you pursuing um, to really, I mean, get where you want to be? Writing, I know, is one. <laughs> um. Yeah, <laughs> that was a I great mean, laugh. <laughs> <laughs> writing. Oh, yeah. That. Um, you know, honestly, the writing is less about my career and, like, what I want and more about what kind of person I want to be. Mm. Um, uh, because I feel like um, creativity is not just one thing. And yes. I have been trying to grow and learn more and do more um, just as a person. And as a creative person, uh, that really has nothing to do with my acting. Um, uh, you know, I've, <clears throat> I've started drawing and I've started writing both, mm. which those skills I don't really have, but I'm like, what the heck, but you know, you can develop them and learn more about exactly, it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, as far as goals go, um, I am constantly trying to be like in a class, um, so that I'm learning and constantly uh working on my craft even if i'm not in a show um so i i do take classes at barrow group and i've also tried to i'm trying to get into some improv classes in the city because that's really hot right now Everyone's yeah for improv absolutely uh, <laughs> um yeah and i um i'm sort of just always trying to work towards building relationships with people in the industry so um, that looks like a lot of different kinds of things and a lot of yeah. it mostly just looks like hustle and hard work. That's really boring. So, um, but to really that's ultimately that. what it boils down to, right? Yep. It's true. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot more hard work than it looks like. Mm -hmm. Oh mm -hmm. man. Um, what's been your hardest moment so far that you can talk about? Um, I would say, uh, it's, this is not a moment, so I don't know if this is a cheat. Or a series either, of moments but, uh, or days <laughs> or weeks. Uh, 2016 was a rough year for me for really, like, no reason. Um, I I battled a bit with depression in 2016, um, mm -hmm. which I had never encountered before. What did it look um, like for you? How did it manifest itself? Yeah, um, for me, it was kind of a sense of... A, a lack of um, chutzpah. <laughs> sure. It's really just a lack of lack energy, of drive, a lack of desire, a lack of drive. Yeah. Sure. Um, I didn't feel like going to work. I didn't feel like uh, doing anything. I felt sort of very stagnant and stale in all areas of my life, not just uh, in my career. I felt yeah. very stagnant, like in my spiritual life and in my emotional life and in my relationships. And um, yeah, and it just, it was sort of this weird thing that I couldn't shake. And, sure. Um, I am typically, very typically my whole life, I have been a very joyful person and um, I bounce back from discouragement very easily and like things generally just roll off my back and all year last year was just sort of this, <clears throat> you know, trudge. Uh, and I, I, uh, I don't have like a magic fix. There was not anything that like sure. snapped me out of it. I just, 
Yeah. And I think depression is something that we're starting to talk about more as a society, uh, but it's still something we don't really discuss. And I think depression looks different for every person. And, yeah, that's um, true. There were just moments that I had to be like, you know what, Carmen, this is where you're at. And uh, it's OK to be depressed and it's OK uh, to feel this way, um, you still have to go to work, <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's okay. And you're going to be okay. It might not be this week. It might not be next month, uh, but you're going to sure. be okay. Um, so working through that was really rough. Um, and about how long I, did that bout last you? Was it the whole year really? Yeah. I I, I would say it was about nine or 10 months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's rough and tricky. And it's something that I don't know why people don't want to talk about it or be open mm-hmm. about it because it's, you know, it's real and mm-hmm. there's really, yeah, it, uh, you know what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah. That's interesting. And you stuck with it and you didn't quit, which is huge, um, yeah. which I'm sure that was very tempting. Sometimes, man, I just want to be like, why do I have to just, why do I have to work? Why do I have to do <laughs> right. anything? Why can't I just watch cartoons all day and eat cereal? Uh, so yeah. adulting is hard. And adulting especially is when things like that hit you, it's it's no joke. Yeah. This is a totally self-serving question. Excellent. Um, this podcast, have there, have there been any interviews so far that you've found maybe helpful or interesting? And if someone wants to listen to another episode after listening to yours, which one <laughs> might you recommend? I'm totally putting you on the spot so you can even go back and look through the list. <laughs> um. Like Shannon Tyndall, I remember, and I, I, I started following him on uh, social media. Um, I just, the one that you just did with um, Leah Artwick, Artwick? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, was great. Loved her. The thing that surprises me about this is that I am not a fan of animation. Like, a lot of I people don't care aren't. about yeah. it at all. Yeah. Um, and I, so I'm kind of, I was kind of surprised that I really liked all of those interviews. And I've since then kind of watched some more animation. Um, sure. It's also sadly i think a little it feels a little less accessible like true it's harder to yeah fi- like find animated stuff i don't maybe that's just no like no i hear you i hear you it's kind of like a mysterious world but mm-hmm. it's also so- sort of mocked as not real storytelling right um but then we have these amazing pixar films that everybody responds yeah, to and whatnot yeah. i don't know it's an interesting world and uh yeah and it's, it's it crazy from, times uh i think it was i think it was nora who said like the story that she wanted to tell, it was like you, it would be really difficult to tell with li- like live action because oh, it was yeah. like the violence of the story was yeah. just like, I wouldn't want my child to see that or a child, a real life person to have be to go subjective. through that as an actor. Yeah. And I was like, that's such an interesting way of kind of framing animation. Totally. Yeah. It's definitely. It's an interesting medium. It's one that I personally, obviously, am very drawn mm-hmm. to and I respond to. Um, but it's, n- yeah, you're right. It's not one that everybody does. But I think ultimately it boils down to storytelling is storytelling. Mm-hmm. And hopefully people can learn from each other in different, mm-hmm. you know, mediums and venues. And it's just really interesting to me. To me, really, it's just all about story. I just find stories yeah. so interesting and how we as humans respond to that. And some of the best communicators of all time have used story as their primary mm-hmm. vehicle to get points across and help people remember uh, lessons and pieces like mm-hmm. that. But, so if um, anyone in New York, in New York wants to, uh, mm-hmm. that reminds me of running in the red. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in my horrible accent that yeah. I forced on everyone. Um, <laughs> If anybody wants to catch a show you're in or find out more about you, where can they find you? 
yeah, I am. I'm in a show for two more weekends up uh, on the west side in the park at 89th and Riverside. Uh, we close, I think, July 23rd. It's called The Three Musketeers, and it's Ooh. very swashbuckling and lots of fun. Um, <laughs> it's outside, too, so it's nice when it's like, it's a nice, fun summer thing to do. Nice. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I'm not really on Twitter very much. Um, <laughs> but they can find you. My Instagram or my Twitter handle is at Carmen Takes NYC. Sweet. And uh, um, <laughs> as, as far as your website, do you have a website? I do. So my website and my Instagram are under my actor name, which is Carmen Nikkei. My last name is N I K A E. Uh, so I think. It's CarmenNikkei.com, and then my Instagram is Carmen underscore Nikkei. Nice. So yeah. a nice nice search should take them there. Sweet exactly. action. Mm-hmm. Um, so one final question for you before we wrap this up would be, if you were to maybe go back to grad school, uh, well, mm-hmm. and visit with, and you know this question, probably exactly what I'm going to say, <laughs> and visit with the upcoming graduate class about... Yeah. You know, maybe some of them are considering heading to NYC or even LA to per- yeah. pursue their dream. What kinds of th- pieces of advice or reality check might you <laughs> share with them to help them maybe determine whether or not that's the right step for them? And of course, you can't tell them what is and isn't right for them. But what might you share with them about like the reality of the struggle and the journey? Yeah. Um. I would say this is sort of me preaching to myself, but like, I would say um, the dream that you have is not something to be afraid of. Um, Mm. But that also um, living your dream is a marathon and not a sprint. Mm. Um, People often think, especially in the creative industry, people think, well, how long are you going to try? How long are you going to give it? How long? Like, oh, yeah, you're going to go. You're going to go to New York and do the actor thing. You're going to go to L.A. and be a model. Yeah. Right. Okay. so how long are you going to give it before you give up and come home Um, and living into your dream and living into what you feel like your life's calling is, is exactly that. It's a life's calling and Mm. it's not something that you give up. It's not something you stop doing. It's something that's part of you. And that's not something to be afraid of. Hmm. It probably won't look very dreamy, but um, yeah. If it's and it probably isn't going to look like what they think it. it's going to look like, right? Right. Yeah. Like right. it may lead them in a slightly different direction than what they thought it would. Yeah, uh, but I will say, like, as much as that's true, I love the life that I live. Like, um, and I wouldn't trade it. Uh, and I think a lot of people live their lives regretting never having pursued their dream and Mm. I would much rather pursue my dream and be struggling to make it happen than not Hmm. good words my friend (laughs) (laughs) thank you for spending some time with me I so appreciate it absolutely thank you for having me this is crazy of course Thanks for tuning in again this week. If you are enjoying what you're hearing, please do take a moment to rate and subscribe to the show. That helps us get noticed by folks who may enjoy the same material you do and helps us grow the community. You can find me on Twitter at Basic Brainheart, also on Instagram at Hannah Camacho. 
Um, also, if you want to find us on Facebook, we did just start the page, so it's a baby page, not too much traction just yet, but you can find us by searching for Basic Brain Heart. Thanks again, guys. I look forward to connecting with you next week.